I'm John Perry. I'm Ted Cupper. And this is Constellation, making the graphic novel. Join us as we build an original science fiction world. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to the Constellation podcast. John, how are you doing? I'm good. Good. I'm excited to uh, to get to the end. Yes, today's pages are the last pages of the very first draft, so we are excited to try them out. Um, I'm nervous about them, as uh, is always the case, especially because it's the end, so it feels weighty, but let's and just dive all, in. all Ted, so he is solely to blame. That's right. You can blame <laughs> me. I mean, this will get rewritten, I'm sure. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no pressure. Here's a first crack at our ending. Uh, I'm going to do the narrator, Ocean, uh, Saba, and the High Priest. And you're going to do all the other roles, including Zoya. I think where we ended, Saba and Zoya successfully used, I think we changed it to like a conjuring uh, stone. It's a rock right? now, yeah. Rock that they took from the priest. And so they had managed to use that to, to tie up the, the priest whiskers. Um, and now they're just like basically trying to get off of Katal safely. Um, and there was a page long scene at the end of last episode where they went into the town center and they were trying to get into the church, but that's been cut, right? Like, so you lopped before I you started writing that. your yes, pages. Exactly. You lopped off that page, which I, I totally endorsed because it was a little bit wonky. So um, where we're starting, like literally what's just happened is that they've, successfully tied up the priest and Saba is just kind of like bullying Zoya because he wants control of the stone, even though he doesn't quite know how to use it as well as she does. Exactly. And they're on their way to town. So then uh, we pick up here on page 155. uh, And in the first panel, Saba and Zoya walk together through the middle of town towards the main church building and the background people move to and fro on various errands. In the next panel, Zoya tries the big wooden door on the front of the church. Uh, on the next panel, we're inside the church. Ocean Songbird stands before them in a beatific pose. Ocean says, A bit early, are we? Bless you all. And in the next panel, Ocean leads Zoya and Saba into the main room. Very few are in the pews, just some elderly folks and a few pious people in the front rows. They can see the door at the back of the stage that obscures the portal. Ocean says, Early birds get to sit on the stage, and that's a very special privilege. Thank you. Zoya says. In the next panel, Saba asks Ocean a question. Zoya is in the middle of taking a seat. She looks alarmed at what he's saying. Uh, Saba says, I've got a question about that portal. Is it locked? Uh, Next panel, Ocean holds up a key that's on a chain around her neck. Ocean says, oh, yes, until the renunciation ritual. Then we unlock it and any who wish to renounce can. Uh, Okay, next page. First panel, Saba looks smug like he's caught her in a lie. Then how did we get in? Why wasn't it locked then? Uh, and Ocean, who's off screen, says, It only locks from the inside. Uh, in the next panel, Saba looks away, realizing he was wrong. And Saba says, Fantastic. In the next panel, meanwhile, in a different room, a decorated high priest is standing before a large abacus-like devices with stones on strings. Uh, the high priest says, That's odd. Later, the high priest is now checking a stone tablet covered in runes. We see more of the room he's in, a kind of primitive security control center. As he speaks, another priest looks up from their own tablet to ask a question. High priest says, It looks like there was a large, unauthorized conjuring of plants in the outer ring. And the other priest says, What kind of plants? I'd better go down there and check it out. Okay, the next panel is back in the church. Now most of the rows are full and many people are filling in the last seats. 
Zoya looks nervously toward the portal door, still closed. Saba smiles, enjoying the danger. Zoya says, hurry it up. Uh, come on, Zoya. Get in the Catalian spirit, says Saba. <laughs> okay, so the next page is uh, five panels. And the first panel shows the high priest emerging into the clearing where Zoya, Saba, and Tim's huts are. He looks to the left. Um, in the next pa- panel, his face is about halfway around to the right, but he has stopped turning his head abruptly. His face shows incredible shock. He says, what? Next panel, the priest is running toward us. In the foreground, covered in vines, we make out a bit of cranium whiskers. In the next panel, which is a longer shot, the high priest is kneeling over the plant. His arms are in fast motion as they pull away the vines. Bits of vine and leaves are flying and falling in an arc all around them. Whiskers' hands and feet can be seen waving a bit in the air. High priest says, what on Katal happened here? Uh, Next panel is close on Whiskers. He speaks with great urgency. We've got to get to the temple right away. All right. Next page. Uh, First panel is Ocean standing before the congregation speaking at the dais. The locked door is visible in the background. Saba and Zoya sit in the now crowded pew on stage with the most devout and on-time parishioners. Uh, And Ocean says, And now my favorite part of the spring rejuvenation ceremony, the confessions. These helpful volunteers showed up early today, so let's all give them a round of applause. Next panel, the audience cheers politely. Clap, clap, clap. Next panel, several of the people around Zoya and Saba have stood up. Next panel, Ocean gestures to them. Go on, stand. You deserve it. Uh, Next panel, they awkwardly stand. Ocean says, Zoya, would you like to confess first? Uh, Next panel, Zoya takes the stage and the clapping stops. Uh, Okay, next page, first panel, Zoya taps the mic. Is this thing on? Next panel, a wide angle of the whole congregation paying attention to her. Next panel, a close-up of sweat on Zoya's brow. Next panel, Zoya swallows. Next panel, Zoya speaks. I'm sorry. I'm still pretty new here. Uh, What am I supposed to be confessing? Next panel, Ocean gestures reassuringly. Catalian ways of life are hard. They are hard back in the one true world, and they're hard now in the devil's phantasm. We don't expect our followers to be perfect people. Next panel is close on Ocean's understanding face. I myself sin every day, and not just when forced to conjure. Uh, Next page, first panel, Zoya looks hesitant, about to speak. In the next panel, she is speaking. Okay, I love it here. I love Katal. Not a day goes by, I don't miss my exec, though. I I wanted a bath so bad yesterday, I could have taken 15 lashes for it. Panel three, the audience laughs. Panel four, Ocean gives her an encouraging look. Wishing for convenience is natural. It's your actions that count. Next panel is close on Zoya. Actions? From Zoya's POV on the dais, we see the high priest and whiskers entering from the side door of the church, clearly in a hurry. High priest says, get them both. They're murderers, says whiskers. Next page. First panel, a long wide panel showing a totally silent and still church. Saba is eyeing the portal. Zoya is wide eyed, staring at the high priest. Whiskers, full of rage, is pointing his fingers directly at Zoya and Saba. The next panel, medium on Saba and Zoya. They're both saying the same thing at the same time, their voice tails combining into a single oversized text balloon. I renounce! Next panel. 
Both of them are poised to run, about to make a serious break for the door. The shocked churchgoers are staring and pointing at them. A few of the men are already getting out of their seats to pursue. Next panel, Ocean Songbird screams to her parishioners. Stop them! They mustn't leave! Next panel, Saba and Zoya are mid-sprint for the door. Two large church ushers are blocking the way with crossed arms and set expressions. Uh, next panel, Saba whips the conjuring rock out of his robe. Saba says, oh yeah, I changed the, uh, the conjuring phrase to forgive me for my sins rather than by the power of Catal. Yeah, that makes sense. I but like that. But we can change that further. No, that's good. Anyway, that's a that's, good direction. Anyway, I, so I used forgive me my sins. So anyway, Saba says, forgive me my sins, conjure a fucking gun. <laughs> and then the next page, Sava's still standing there, no gun. His face is not exactly surprised, but disappointed. The next panel, the nearest usher swings at Saba, who ducks the blow. Next panel, Saba kicks the usher in the balls. Sound effects. Oof. Uh, next panel, Saba uses the rock to knock out the other usher. I guess I mean that he hits him on the head with it. <laughs> not that he uses it magically. Uh, that's a little unclear, maybe. Uh, next panel, Zoya has her hand on the locked portal door. And Saba from off screen says, quick, get it open. Zoya says, give me the stone. Next panel is close on Saba, whose back is turned to Zoya. Uh... It's a giant splash showing the whole church. One panel takes up the whole page. Saba sees the entire room is rushing for them. Steps away. Priests, churchgoers, and ushers are all coming from every angle. Saba says, forgive my sins, restrain them. And then the next page, we see the first panel is two men brandishing swords are about to kill Saba. And the next panel... The same exact angle, only now a giant boulder has just fallen where the men were and blood is spattered around. In the next panel, Saba is splattered with blood. In the next panel, a wide shot shows mayhem. Twenty boulders have materialized throughout the church and are about to crush or have already crushed about twenty people. Ocean and the other priests are frantically conjuring with their own stones. Ocean says, Forgive my sins, save them. The high priest says, forgive my sins, save them. All the priests say, forgive my sins, save them. And then in the next shot, some geysers of water have emerged and stopped some of the boulders. Some, several churchgoers are still approaching Saba and Zoya, including a large man with a wooden club. Uh, in the next page, in panel one, the man with the club hits Saba on the head hard. The rock is flying out of his hands. Uh, in the next panel, Zoya jumps on the rock while a few churchgoers pursue her in the background. In the next panel, Saba falls to the ground under the man's club. In the next panel, Zoya reaches the door. Two churchgoers are steps away. The churchgoer says, get her. And then in the next panel, Zoya holds the stone aloft. Forgive my sins. Make me a copy of the key Ocean Songbird wears around her neck. And in the next panel, she holds out her hand. The rock glows. And in the panel after that, the key has appeared in her hands. So on the next page, the key goes in the lock in the first panel. Zoya says in voiceover now, That's it. Enough is enough. In the next panel, the churchgoers approach. To hell with Altaf. The door starts to open. To hell with Katal. The churchgoers get closer. To hell with my parents and their fucking empire. In the next panel is the same angle. The door is suddenly taking up most of the frame, and we can see an indication that a collision just happened. And the next panel is a wider shot. The churchgoers are on the ground. Zoya, having just doored them, is holding the wooden door open. To hell with everything. On, panel, on the last panel, she starts to get in the door. The next page, half in, half out, looking back toward Katal, 
Zoya holds the key in her hand up while looking out. On the next panel, Saba, on the floor with two churchgoers covering him, cries out, Zoya, toss me the key and the stone. And the next panel is close on Zoya. The next panel is her POV. Angry Catalians are running toward her. Saba is helpless on the ground. In the next panel, Zoya starts to move her hand. In the next panel, it's the same angle. Zoya has put her hands behind the door in the swirling portal, and she's closing the door behind her. The crowd is steps away. In the last panel, it's the same angle. The mob has arrived at the door, but it's too late. The door is closed. Zoya's gone. On the next page, it's a long panel taking up the first row. It's a star field showing a Milky Way-like galaxy of stars. From below the frame, someone is speaking, but we can't see who. And each of these stars is not really a star, but a homeworld. Everyone gets their own. Okay, now we're closer to the stars, but we can see they're not stars. They're clear bubbles, each containing a naked man or woman and a little savanna vegetation. The worlds of the constellation. And on this world, you are the absolute ruler. You have permission to change almost anything. And as if we pan down from the sky, we now see a gaggle of Apollonian children sitting in a circle, listening to the elephant-headed god. The image of the bubbles is emanating from her hand, which is holding the torch object Tim created. You can also extend various permissions to other people, but that's dangerous because they can trap you, or worse. Um, now, the next panel is close on two children, one male and one female, both enraptured. Uh, they might try to trick you into thinking there's nothing beyond the world you are in. Next panel is wider. The god looks down, embarrassment seeming to radiate from its elephant head. Of course, I don't have to tell you that. The next page, the first panel is close on the male child. You mean we can just leave and be by ourselves? Next panel uh, is wider, showing the god in a looming position over the awestruck kids. Yes, or with others. There are millions of other worlds out there for you to discover. Next panel is close on the female child. Can we go now? Next panel, the god has stood. Yes, follow me. And the next panel is a wide panel showing the god holding the invisibility torch aloft, leading the children up an Escher-esque root structure through the temple. Zoya says in voiceover, As far as I can tell, Altoff never made good on its threat against Immerologia. Next page, uh, the first panel, they approach the painting of Applewhite. Maybe that was just Saba bluffing all along. Next panel, the god gestures to the children to walk through the painting. Some are already halfway through. Since none of us returned from Katal, I guess it's possible they just think we all died out there. The next panel, in the hidden chamber, the god puts the torch on the wall. The children are gathered together looking around. My parents are probably furious, but I don't care anymore. Next panel, the god removes her head, revealing Zoya underneath. Some of the children have their hands to faces as if they just gasped. <gasps> next page, uh, she hands a child a scrap of paper. Some of the others are already holding theirs. The rest are lined up. Tell the elevator that's where you want to go. I'll meet you there shortly and set you up with a world of your own. Next panel, the children enter the elevator. Next panel, same shot, the children have disappeared. Zoya says in voiceover, If there's one thing I've learned from this whole mess, it's that I'm sick of being told what to do. The elephant head lies upside down on the ground. Zoya walks toward the elevator. By my parents, Altoff, the Catalians, it doesn't matter. Next panel, she's in the elevator. I'm going to do what I think is right from now on. And in the same shot, but she's disappeared. And hope that's enough. And that's the end of the book. All right. Yeah. We got through a draft of our script. Look at us. Cool. A um, couple of people who can finish a long project. <laughs> yeah. Well, you gotta, yeah. 
one step at a time. Finishing is a skill. Yeah. Uh, it, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm very happy to have gotten through to the end of it. I already see lots of things I, I'm not sure about, but, um, but I'm glad to have, you know, it took, it took some doing just to sort of figure out, yeah, like how to do these last beats. Cause we had not planned them in, in, in very, uh, close detail. Well, it's, you know, this entire, <laughs> we have like a, a two-headed script it's really you know we have uh the tim cycle which we thought a lot about and then this whole zoya back half you know i think is uh you know it's basically a, a whole other story <laughs> about a different character so it's like being able to see it all now is i think really really helpful and uh um but yeah and then this is of course like wrapping that up so yeah i mean it's it's exciting and it's like uh it's starting to take some shape um so uh yeah let me like just mention the things that stood out um so like the first thing that that i noticed is that um they have not been to this kind of church service before um which is which is fine I, i mean i think i guess you did that probably for expositional purposes um it's not sort of like what I was expecting to be the case. I was expecting like this, they did this every week or something, you know? Um, but it does allow yeah. you to explain it. Yeah. So I wonder if we are going to make it their first time, maybe it should be even more like motivated by maybe they're finally getting initiated properly or something. Um, and that's oh, why that's this is like a big day or something. Um, I guess it's still, that's, that's interesting. I would, yeah, I just would worry about that feeling coincidental with it also happening right when the murder was. But unless that's um, what forced uh, Tim to act or something, because he was, it, yeah, like, unless that was causal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So that's that's worth thinking about. Yeah, and I guess I wasn't thinking it was their first time ever in the church. Just that uh, I don't know. Maybe Catal has a lot of weird holidays, and they hadn't experienced this one yet, since they have only been there for months, not years. Um, but that could be made more clear too. Um, um, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't, yeah, I think just think it's, that's just something that deviated from how I pictured it, but it wasn't necessarily good or bad. It's just like something I'm noticing. No, it's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess I was thinking they had been to church before, but just weren't familiar with, with all this stuff. That the, they, the renunciation and the, uh, confessing were like the two rituals that they were, they were unfamiliar with, which I guess that would mean that those rituals at least don't happen that often, I guess. I think they knew about renunciation because they definitely heard about that before. I think, I think we have that earlier. I don't know um, if that does, but get he that. was trying to find out if I, I guess, you know, we may not need this, but I think what Saba was trying to do there was to, um, find out if the door was in fact really locked. Cause he thought he had figured out that it wasn't locked. Uh, and so his plan was just, I'm just going to run back there and, and open the door. No, and that does a good job of explaining all the, how that works. But I didn't want him works. to do that, so I was trying to just, yeah. So it may be that we don't actually need that explanation, or maybe we can plant that a little earlier or something. Um, but I just was trying to enter, answer for myself, why doesn't Saba try the door? Um, no, the answer's good, and I'm ha- and I'm very happy with the answer. Yeah. But then, yeah, it's anyway. like then, then maybe, yeah. you know, how much of that should we now go back and set up in the first... Church yeah, scene, maybe that needs to be moved into the first um, one. and yep. so on and so forth. These are all things that are going through my mind. Yep. But I like very, I like the answer reasonable. about how the door works. I think that's, and of course they can conjure a key. So I think that's uh, I think that's fine. Um, 
I yeah. W- one thing I have to say is I don't actually know how this conjuring rock works, and I, I I think we need to figure that out a little bit because I was trying to figure out how to make it not work for Saba but work for Zoya. So and I couldn't actually figure out what the rules were supposed what, to be. So yeah, I know it needs rules. No. I just don't know what they well, are. What I had in my sort of head was like. They knew that there was a phrase because they'd heard other people use it. Um, right, right, right. And I like what you came up with a lot, like that they sort of apologize as the phrase. Like, I think that's cool. Um, like, that's thematic to 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 their culture. So I, I think that's a great answer for that. Um, okay. So cool. like Saba is not an idiot, right? Like, at first I was thinking, you know, maybe he just doesn't know the phrase, but he's going to have heard it. He's not dumb. He's going to say the right phrase. So then I was thinking like, the rock has like it's there's a there's a manual dexterity thing like to the grooves on the rock or something that you have to do I'm thinking um and that like that's the part that I was thinking maybe like I mean I didn't actually we don't I didn't show that anywhere in my pages um but I was thinking maybe that was the explanation for like what he didn't know how to do um yeah so I don't think that that's going to work for the later part uh, without changes because he has to um, use it successfully, but tragically. Right. So I was, I, I think it's gotta be more like in the phrasing of like how you ask for what you want or how it, how it, cause it's not quite right. It's like, at least when she says like, um, when she, when she says uh, the the phrase that actually works, it's like, um, you know, forgive my sins, restrain him or something like that. And then the way it chooses to restrain him is like by growing a vine. But she didn't actually ask for like a vine to grow. Right. So. Well, and maybe she should. But although that's pretty. I mean, that's specific. just how it was. So I just tried to like intuit a rule based on that because we already had that. And it was like, well, so maybe there's some algorithmic thing where it's like determining the least you know, whatever. And, um, so then I, I thought later on, you know, he would just copy the same phrase that he heard her use and, and that worked, but then it would give him a different result. And again, like, I don't know what it's doing under the hood. I wish I did. Um, so that's why the boulders come, uh, because yeah, ideally we want him to somehow use the rock really recklessly and cause a bunch of people to die in that moment. Right. Um, and I was, it, I wasn't totally satisfied with my own answers there of like, why is it doing that that time versus something else? Um, so that's something to think about. Maybe we can improve that. Well, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it depends. Um, yeah. I mean, if we can come up with some like semantic system, I guess we could, um, if there's just some sort of simple limiting rule that they would have chosen, basically just to reduce abuse, right? Like just to make it a little harder to use so that you need some training in it. Not oh, maybe. Or well, that's something what I was thinking. Like it was just, just like, a, literally it was like, it was a manual dexterity know. thing, but like you, because you wanted to misfire. So then that, what that we would have to change it then. So then he forces her to show him how to do it or something. Well, he, he does, uh, he does like, I mean, the last sequence you see, I left it out cause it would have been boring is like him basically threatening her into teaching him so presumably right. off so screen you, you kind of have to have like one shot one like scene of that or one panel of that where he's just like now show me how you did that thing you know or whatever and then later when he's doing it then he's just like 
conjuring the boulders just maliciously. It's not that it's malfunctioning. Right, exactly. Just He's just doing it because he doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. Which, uh, you know, I guess I, I guess I like that a little less well, but maybe that's what we have to do. I'm not like, I'm not like super... I'm not super like uh, opposed to that. Is there something about him being reckless with it or like copying her, but copying her slightly wrong, changing one word that she says, and then it turns into boulders or something that like I found appealing, just like it seemed like in character for him and um, less murderous and more just capricious, which just seems right for him for some reason to me. Um, well, it's like the actual... Kind of, I mean, the actual skill that she has that he doesn't have is sort of is maybe hard to apply here because you know she's good at specifying things to the actual non-mediated exec, which right. requires like basically precision with this very literal machine where you're trying to like enact very specific things and. The failure mode for that is not usually that it does nothing. It's that it's like, you know, it's like wishing for right, the Right, it does thing. something weird. It does something right, weird. Right. Um, right. So that, like, could lead to boulders or something, but it wouldn't lead to, like, the first scene where, like, nothing happens. So maybe the nothing happens is not a thing we should have. But I also don't know if, if it makes sense to make this stone work within the context of um, how well you can precisely specify things the way that things work for the exec. Um, Cause I think maybe we're dramatizing that elsewhere. And also this is like specific to Katal. So I'm sort of reluctant to go that route with right. it. Right, And the, uh, and the other skill that she has or like knowledge that she has is just, she's a, a world builder. So she knows a lot of the default objects. And right? that's kind of what so I was alluding to. Had, yeah. Something that you had in your pages that I picked up on was, um, you know, she, She's like, they ba they barely changed this, like, stock totem object. So, you know, uh, it, whatever, it could have some sort of stock limitation that's like, uh, oh, yeah, you always have to, you know, these things are real prone to, you know, bad wishes. You have to be real precise with them. Or it could be like, these things are, you know, they'll, they'll only create raw materials. They won't create finished products. So you can get a pile of iron, but you can't get a gun. You can get it to grow a vine, but you can't get it to give you a rope. That sort of thing. And then if that's the case, then probably she should have just said, like, grow me a vine rather than restrain him in the earlier part. Right. And then later, instead of like, grow me a vine, he says, like, you know, um, build me a wall or so. I don't know. He says something that could plausibly lead to boulders. <laughs> I don't know. The, the boulders is a little hard to justify, so we might have to do well, some work like, here. But we might want to interrogate, it, like, where what? Also, it doesn't have to be boulders. It just needs to be something that. What kills is the people, stock actually. default that it's drawing on? Right, because like, let's say yeah. you say to the um, the exec, which is just trained on all of human data, right, and it just like does right. the best approximation it can, and and you say, uh, make me a magic wand with like no other specifications. Well, it's gonna like mine harry potter movies and like fantasy novels and um stage magicians and whatever other instances of magic wands and it's going to kind of sort of meld them together into this like vague stick thing where you say like vaguely latin phrases and wave it around or something and you know so right. and you know let's say that the catalians just basically took that and then all they knew to do was to like let's add our apology phrase to it and let's ban it creating anything that's not natural like they just like made a couple modifications to it but she's like knows the weird nonsense 
you know, Latin phrases that are still still part of it or something. I'm not saying this is actually the answer, but I'm saying like, I, I think we have to think through maybe like, what is the def- Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think there's some opportunities earlier in the story to show some of this too. Like when we do take them to the first church scene, they, they conjure some iron ore right now. And that, that scene could really be, I think it's pretty good already. It shows like the, the flogging and stuff. Like I like that scene, but I think that could be used uh, to also um, demonstrate uh, maybe in a way that's a little bit opaque at first, the the rule, the important rule, the one important rule that we are going to be fucking, you know, working with later. Right. And then uh, we could maybe add uh, one more story moment somewhere where uh, something else is conjured by one of the other by one of the priests or something, either when Tim is observing a cranium or some other time um, that could reinforce that i mean the other thing Um, is that if she does did some extra research in i mean that was that's the other edge she could have right like i didn't think i thought it was too implausible that like she would have overheard the the phrase they use and like saba wouldn't have because it's not like she's no no they both they both heard that in the church but it can't be just the phrase it's like there's got to be something about the way but what i was going to say is she could have gone out of her way for some motivated reason to like research it further which you know in in like the montage or something like when she's thinking about Uh killing tim or whatever like something right uh maybe she thought she could use a magic wand to do it i don't know um like, like she might just have access to a little bit deeper knowledge about it as long as we see her acquire it. Um, right, right. And then it yeah. doesn't have to be... But then it's not tied into her, like, core skill. But maybe that's okay. I mean, we already have Tim, right? And sort of, like, his core skill is, like, dictating the exec. And, and maybe, you know, Zoya doesn't need to necessarily be a retread of that, right? Like, I mean, she can... No, no, no. I mean, look, her skill can just be that she's smart and she figured this out. I think the only thing that matters is, like, she... Saba is too... Like, Saba doesn't understand how it works. She does. This gives her the advantage to make the decision of whether or not to save him, and she chooses not to save him, basically. I think that's all that really matters. And, like, I like... Yeah, I like having him use it well enough to show that he's uh, a bad guy, you know, um, one more spectacular time before we uh, leave him to die. I think that that's cool. But, um, but yeah, I think it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't need to do anything. I mean, it's possible. We don't even need, you know, she could just get a hold of the stone at the end and not save him. Like it's, it's possible. We don't even need, you know, Saba to be, bad with it it's just sort of it's just sort of funny to me and you know it's like i kind of like it but i mean we don't actually need even that i think well i don't believe he'd give it to her willingly so i think he has to at least but even now he doesn't give it to her willingly right like it falls right that's what i'm saying i think for for, like we have now you have to at least whip it out uh, have a failure to launch with it and then get knocked in the head by a club or something like that then she could get it but i think if um I don't know. I think there is something narratively strong about him using it to kill a bunch of Catalians right before she makes that choice, just to like stack. No, no, I I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying we don't need to have some tricky thing that she can do and he can't to do all of that. I just kind of like that, but we don't actually. Yeah, right, right. Again, right. I agree. He could just he could just see how to use it from her and then just use it maliciously. 
Um, but the thing is that if, if he's doing that, because he's pretty smart, then why doesn't he just effectively kill all of them, right? Like, I feel like that also a- opens up a little bit of a question that we may have trouble answering, which is like, all right, I guess the, the answer to that has to be they successfully defend themselves. Well, because there's more of them and they also have these stones, right? Right, so. but but that starts to, yeah, but that starts to just uh, kind of like ask a lot of questions in my head that I'm not sure how to answer. So, um, yeah, I think it's better if he has a misfire and the misfire is bloody than if he is successfully using it. Um, so if we can make that work, I still like that as like the narrative thing. But yeah, I agree. There's it's it's rough right now. It's not 100 percent working. <laughs> I got I got it as close as I could get it in the first pass, but it needs some it needs some finesse for sure. Uh, and then it occurred to me I don't know if this note if this uh, actually I don't know if you noticed this at all um, is that um, the reason I did the coda the way I did was with the stars and stuff. Oh, I was just going to get voice. to that. Yeah, I mean. Oh, do you want? All right. Well, I'll let you get to um, that before I say. Yeah, because I mean that's that's the very next thing. Um, okay, so she, so she goes back to Apollonia and she, she impersonates the elephant God. Yeah. And she tells them all about how the constellation works. Yeah. Um, what is this part? Um, oh, they might try to trick you into thinking there's nothing beyond the world you're in. Of course, I don't have to tell you that. So the God... That part threw me a little bit because I, I, up until that point, I thought, oh, she's just sort of like stepping into this god's role, and like because they trust this god, uh, or it's like the only authority figure they have, like they're sort of like buying everything she says, and she can she can tell them all this radical stuff that they're not supposed to know. But that those two lines made me think, oh, uh, the god also like told them that they've been tricked the whole time, I guess. Um, while, right. but while yeah. also being the God. Right. Yes. So did, who did the God say, did the God just say that like, like Jim, App, uh, James Applewhite was tricking them and like the God didn't do anything cause he couldn't or something like, um, well, we could get into that if you want to have them ask questions about that. I mean, uh, I guess I was thinking that, um, uh, that she just, you know, they believed her because they had, right, because they worship this um, this elephant-headed god, but it's not like, like the last time somebody was wearing the elephant head was when Tim was there, so it's not like they normally speak to an elephant-headed god, right? So I think it's like their god appeared and said, come with me, I'll tell you the truth. Um, uh, she's got the invisibility torch so they can't be seen, and she's just telling them, you know, okay, this is what the world is really like, these are the dangers. I guess I'm interested in the tact that, I mean, I'm just, I'm legitimately interested, I think, in the tact that, that she takes as the god here. Like, the way it was set up initially, I was thinking that it was more going to be along the lines of they got is like, well, like, there's there's something we've been we've been waiting to tell you. It, it's not, <laughs> but now is, you know, we, we couldn't tell you yeah, before. Yeah, I guess I just but didn't now buy it, it now is, like Zoya was going to, like, play act the... Like play act the uh, the religion, but she could also like just but she or, but she's she's chosen to Im- be embodied by this god. That's the part that makes me think that she is gonna play act. Like she could also just show up as Zoya, 
uh, be super powerful in the world because of the permissions or whatever that she's stolen or hacked or whatever, or like as like a d- new type of god and just like, you know, be. Yeah, I guess I just saw it as more of a uh, a a uh, like a convenient way to appear to these kids because she had done that, like she had she had been aware of that from her from the past. Um, no, I think it's cool. I just think once she starts assuming that role and lecturing and, yeah, and not I mean, just think through it, but she could also than, just be yeah. the elephant God and say, Hey, come with me and like guide them through the elevator and then get them off world. And right. then, and then presumably explain all this stuff later. Right, right, right. And I thought about doing it that way. And the reason that I decided to do it this way, uh, just to try it out this way. And you know, like, yeah, we could, we could just change this to it's the elephant God, like gestures to the children, the children follow, they go in the elevator, then cut to another world where she's telling them all this stuff and and setting them up and everything. Uh, and the only reason I didn't do that was, um, I had this idea that we have to fix the beginning, right? We have to change the opening, of the whole book mm-hmm. and the world that Tim and Arturo are building. And it just occurred to me that it might be interesting to try to um, make the, make this and that kind of uh, mirrors of each other in some way and have both the end and the beginning of the story be somebody in some like sort of, Somebody with some sort of weird other motives explaining to somebody what the constellation is, right? Like that that's a kind of interesting way to start and end this thing that's about this strange world. And uh, so I don't know. I get this idea that like maybe this is um, something that can be used to try to figure out what the what the beginning should be um, and to have them kind of. I don't know. Well, I like this like imagery and that we now shows up, I think, a few places. And it's also, yeah, it's also in that part that you wrote that I really love of the um the preacher. Of right? the yeah, I like the bubbles. I, I like seeing all that stuff. And I like I like so, 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 hearing I like hearing the God explain Um So maybe that these are not the right words that she's explaining. No, no, I I, but, I actually don't this I, I like Actually, like I was, I liked all the words. It's just like when I got to these last two lines, yeah, I suddenly had all these questions in my head about like how is she playing this whole? I'm I'm the god, assuming I I, I don't know like this the role playing that distracted the way, I, I me a little bit. I think the way she's playing it is that she's just telling her them that she's wearing the godhead. They are assuming she's the god, and she is p- telling them the truth as she sees it full stop she's not like trying at all to ape what she thinks the god would really say she's just like she is like a god to them she knows something gigantic that they don't know and she's just telling it to them straight and so her own way of speaking is just sort of like leaking right into it and because they're children they're not like you know they're not fully picking up on that in the way that an adult might and be like, whoa, wait, this isn't the cadence I expect from my God. Like, they've never talked to a God before. This is just, like, something they worship that has come alive and is basically saying, like, there's another world beyond this one, and it's the world I come from, and I can take you there. And, like, you've been lied to, basically. Um, right. I think it's that, but, it's that the you've been lied to happens off screen. But, 
Yeah, but the you've been lied to happens off screen, or which like, is such a huge moment. It's such a huge moment where like this elephant god says like you've been lied to, and it's just that that being sort of glossed over and off screen. I think it's just felt. It, I, I just I don't know. I was just like I was like oh, wait, I want to see that. I want to see what they've been told. They've been lied to by their god. Well, I guess I mean yeah, you could easily swap out these last two panels um, and basically uh, have her just say you know uh, they can trap you or worse. In fact, that's what happened to you. Um, Jim, Jim Applewhite is not my servant at all. He's a liar who, who tricked you. Uh, but I just, I guess I didn't do that because the audience already knows that. Well, but and, I think, yeah, I think we could avoid the whole yeah. thing and then just also just cut these two lines as well. It's the two lines that made me, that made me imagine that that needed to be there. I think if we just cut these hmm. lines and see her usher that, tell them what the constellation is and, and take them out. Um, I don't know. I don't know. There was just something I just had that. I, none of this is like really criticism. It's just like, I just, huh. that's where my head was at as I was reading that. I was yeah. Like, that's interesting. Well, we should think more about that. Cause that's not what, that's not why those lines are there. It's definitely not there to make you think about that. So I think it's important that she say something about the fact that these kids, that she knows that these kids don't know that there's a world beyond and she's telling them. But I, I guess I figured that the, that the bombshell, had already dropped and that we were seeing like sort of part of the well what do you mean and then she starts explaining and we're kind of getting in at the end of i mean yeah this has the i get again these you know. lines have the tone to me of like yeah they've gotten she's already gotten out with them and they're sitting yeah. on the savannah of like a new world and like some time has passed and like like I don't have to tell you that because oh, we've no, laughed about this already. Think, like we already, yeah, right, right, we've right. been over this. I guess I was just thinking that yeah, she had already told them like Jim Applewhite is not my servant, as you have been told. In fact, this is not the only world. You know, like that. Those lines have been said, but I guess for whatever reason, I thought it was more interesting to start the conversation a bit later. So I don't know. I mean, we can. Yeah, this is all things we can look at. Um, uh, I'm not sure. And then, yeah, I guess, uh, some of this stuff felt a little repetitive to me as I was reading it back, but, um, you know, I was just trying to make sure I made the points. So some of that can, some of it can be cut. Um, oh, uh, let's see what else is interesting here. Um, and, uh, so, so, so as far as I can tell, Altoff never made good on its threat against Imrologia. Um, Right, and we don't need to include that stuff at all. I just thought it was interesting for myself to imagine, you know, like, did she ever go back to her parents' world? I'm kind of saying no. No, I, I don't want her. Yeah, um, I want to. I, I kind of definitely want to get to a like, place where she does not go back. And I almost kind of want Altoff to go through with the threat. Like, um,. Well, and uh, yeah, and of course, the, it could be like, Altoff went through with their threat and destroyed my parents' empire, but I kind of felt like that was a weird thing to say and not show any of it, you know? But yeah, I guess we could say that too. I mean, there's no reason why they... I guess was thinking, I guess, you know, I was thinking since nobody ever returns to the club, um, you know, what would they think happened? You know, maybe they would just assume everyone died. Yeah, it's... That's an odd... I guess at some point, would they send... Because I mean, somebody would have to actually enter Catal. Someone to Catal. In order to find out otherwise. 
Because like it's not like the information is going to come out of Katal. No, I guess they'd have to go into Katal and they'd have to be like, you and, know, my colleague came here and, and what it happened be like to hundred years and before somebody tries to do that. And they'd be something. like, uh, oh yeah, we remember them. They, you know, they they disobeyed our ways and so and so. Um, well, they could show you like Tim and Saba's graves probably, but there wouldn't be one for Zoya or something, right? And then they could like find one of out them. That, like, one of them. One of you got away. One of them escaped. Um, But they they also wouldn't know, like, you know, who plotted what and who killed whom and all of that, you know? So they would... Potentially, they would just assume, oh, this is all Zoya's fault, but they wouldn't necessarily assume that either. Um, It really depends on what Saba had told them before he left, too, which we don't also don't really know. Yeah. Um... So anyways, yeah, so that's all, yeah, I don't know. That, that, yeah, I do want to have this feeling of, like, you know, bridges being burned, which I think is here, actually. Um, and then I guess the other thing is, yeah, with the kids, like, are we going to need to make this ending really work? Um, you know, we have her witnessing the kids, but... Um, do we need to have her like interact with them a little more or something? Um, at the end or before? Like this? before, like to set this up. Yeah, I mean, I I think something that I I think I have a note on earlier in the script is, um, I think we need to see Tim interact more with the kids. Like, I think the thing we're actually missing is like. There's this scene I think that we wanted to have where Tim like really wants to set a kid free and then doesn't do it because it would like fuck up his club chances. I feel like we didn't quite. I think you have him doing that some messed up things in that sequence where he sees stuff and doesn't act, and it's like implied that he's thinking about it. I think maybe that's sort of in there, but but what I'm talking about is all about like making Zoya's arc work. So I don't know if like if it's relevant to Tim necessarily. Hmm. Well, take a look at Zoya's earlier uh, scene. It's possible that that could be improved. I I did look at that when I was looking at this one, and I thought it was pretty good because she wanders all around with the with the committee, and she sees this girl getting like beaten for asking a question, which looks sort of like her being in class. Yeah, I I thought it was pretty good actually. So I don't know. Look at it again, and it could potentially be improved. I think that's um, worth thinking about. Actually, yeah, it's unclear what happens to that girl in this scene. This like uh, she gets like tied to the a elephant pole god and, like, a descends upon her. Yeah, but it's like, does, right? what does the elephant god do? So. Does it like eat her? Or does it like? I mean, it does occur to me that you know this could like thinking about the ending and making it like the beginning is a good thought. I mean, honestly, this kind of voiceover that just explains the constellation is like the kind of thing you want to have in the beginning. <laughs> so it's almost like right, right, right. Like, That's what you I was know, thinking. if there's a reason to, and maybe it can be the the explanation can be part of the sort of philosophy of the of the piece. So it's it's Arturo or it's or it's Tim um, say, s- saying what the constellation is, not because the other person doesn't know, but because they're like explaining their metaphor. They're like, the constellation is this and you have this and you have this. And that's why in this world, you know, this and this and this happens. Oh, and, but, but I, I, I meant, you know, I, or something. I was going in a different, uh, I was saying it's literally Zoya. It's literally Zoya's voiceover, but you don't. At the beginning? Yeah. I'm saying you see the images 
you hear the voiceover it's fully motivated by zoya at the but you don't find out that it's fully motivated until the very last like few pages right mm. so this is like even like pre and then from there you cut into the the world or or are you thinking like this is like a new opening with a different well yeah it's sort of like a new opening but it's like everything starts really abstract anyways so maybe it just sort of like hmm you know yeah maybe it is just kind of like an abstract opening with this like dialogue that's sort of explaining the premise of the story to you that seems like sort of on the nose but is actually like direct quotes from the end um Mm. and you know then that I, I don't know that's just sort of where my head went i don't know and then yeah there's it does well, change that's an the interesting intro, yeah. idea we can consider that i think where I, what i was thinking was more like that the language would echo it would be similar to language used at the beginning but that that would be motivated by whatever's happening at the beginning like the the the, the yeah design i have a hard time thinking on. why tim and arturo would explain this stuff to each other even in like the context of the piece like unless it's a really well, like I said, if it's if it's because it because it's grounding some metaphor, or because it's like they're trying to explain why the thing works the way it does, and how it's somehow, you know, microcosmically like, um, like the constellation, uh, like the same way that you know we would talk about how the internet works or something if we were coming up with a website idea or something. Yeah, okay. I think I get it conceptually. I just I think I'm having a hard time of like how how to do that. I still don't know exactly what that world is going to without be, making. Gonna, yeah, but I'm but, I'm hesitant to make the know. world like reflexively about the constellation as a whole or something to solve that problem. Like, I f I feel like that was that's already kind of the concept of the world, like right? I mean, that's basically what the current. That's like what the current. Pretty thing undefined. Is. It's like there's like falling off a building and there's like upside down mountains and there's like like uh gods well, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of crazy stuff but the to the extent that there's conceptual backing for it i think it's something along those lines but uh oh i didn't yeah i didn't realize that but i but i mean that's it's also yeah it's not it's not that it's not that well defined but i would be i would be he hesitant to say like the way we define it is it's it's about like everything <laughs> i don't know like for because it's about like to them which is basically every it feels like it should be somehow narrower and more specific than that um i think it just needs to be a specific metaphor i don't think it needs to be about less than that though i mean many things are about you know existence or something like that like i i don't know i and there is a certain i don't know ambition or pretentiousness to them as a team too that i think could encompass some sure like yeah that. i guess i mean i don't know but what I, kind I of think metaphor it's just about how specific mean. is the metaphor like, i think i'm just what, not picturing what an example uh like uh yeah 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 i don't i don't have an example for like you it's right people now. And, I, and eggs or something uh and it's like you know it's like it sort of like resonates with the idea of everybody in 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 their own uh private world or something but it's like a different metaphor for that or something is that kind of what you're saying like it's something like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Something like that um, might be a fruitful direction of, of anyway, we do need something new for there because what we have isn't totally working. So I, I think just thinking about them in tandem and thinking about, well, what could, what could be a pair of, cause I don't think either of these things have to be exactly as they are, but what could be a pair of things that, that 
maybe just visually or maybe also in the words kind of echo each other and allow us to, yeah, get a little bit of basic explanation out at the very beginning and then repeat it at the end and uh, have the context be different. Uh, or like you said, have the context be just revealed. Like at the beginning, you don't know who's talking and then at the end you do. But I think there's something about if it can, if it can be more of an echo, I think I like that better if we can figure it out. But if we can't, then, then I think I, I also like the idea of um, just having, just splitting it up as a prolepsis and having it just be mysterious what it is. Like we think it's just a uh, narrator telling us the basic facts and then, it turns out that it it was a it was a flash forward. Um, yeah, no, I think a big big picture. I think we should try to connect these things. Um, yeah, I, I think it makes sense. Now that we've gotten to the end, to try to put as much of that ending into our. Then there's also the interstitials can. in the mix, and I don't know what we can echo from there too. So yeah, 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 and those. I think it's yeah. It's starting to. I'm starting to get a little bit of a a brain cloud around what those should do and where the what we did and didn't find room for in the regular story and stuff like that. So. Um, well, anyways, I uh, I I let's let's wrap it up here. But I yeah, I, yeah. I like this stuff a lot i actually i really like her actually with the elephant head so i would i wasn't uh, yeah i definitely want to keep that just it, it made me think of all the good my mind good all but it also business. lets us um not reveal right away that it's zoya although i you know obviously people will guess i think but i think it's a little fun to no yeah it wasn't i wasn't take I thought, that off i thought it and... would it would maintain that mystery for a few panels for sure i think um uh thanks for listening uh to this as we have gone through this perhaps painstaking for the process of uh <laughs> well anyone who's anyone who's still listening must have found something that they that they liked but i mean or they're just gluttons for honestly like anyway, i don't know that i would have stuck it through uh all this myself <laughs> but uh yeah uh, but if you did uh send us a note and let us know and tell us what you think and we will be working on uh rewriting this obviously that'll be the next thing uh and we will yeah, but be the podcast is probably going to be something different and we don't know what that is so next yeah, episode we'll, we'll, we'll explain it i'm sure we'll be coming to you at some point soon with uh some news about what it is we're going to do next because um this has been really fun and a really interesting experiment but uh, i think this project is going to require non-audio uh production methodology going forward now that we have uh a first draft so yeah, thanks for listening and we will be back soon with more of something. <laughs> this has been Constellation, Making the Graphic Novel. Our theme song is Pomona by Audios. To subscribe to this podcast, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher application. You can find us on Twitter or on the web at constellationpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.